So we're in this series. We've been in a series the last uh, three weeks called the Holy Spirit. And really the aim of, the Holy, of us talking about the Holy Spirit is to really clear up maybe some misconceptions that you have of him. And you notice I said him, right? You notice I didn't say it. And we established week one that the Holy Spirit isn't an it. He's not a force. No, he's a person. And the beauty of that is you can have a relationship with a person, right? So what that tells us, what we said last week, you can have a friendship and a relationship with the Holy Spirit every single day. That's the beauty of this, of what we understand about the Holy Spirit, okay? We also established that he's God, right? Third person in the triune Godhead, God, the Holy Spirit. And the beauty of that is that because he indwells you, that's what he does. He indwells you is you have access to all the supernatural power that the Holy Spirit, that God has to offer. Can I get an amen? This is the beauty of being indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And what we did was we established this truth that Jesus came to die on the cross, to walk out of the tomb so you and I could experience eternal life with him. That's a blessing. Anybody glad for salvation? And then, so that's really all about eternity, right? About where we're headed. But God wanted us to make a difference and have an impact while we're still on the earth. And that's why he sent the Holy Spirit. He sent the Holy Spirit so you could have an impact in your culture. You could engage culture with power and make a difference. That's why he's here. Now, the Holy Spirit on the inside of us is, is a beautiful thing. And so what we're doing is capturing this message of I'm empowered. Remember Acts 1.8? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, what does it say? You shall receive power to be what? To be witnesses where? Jerusalem, my city, Cherokee County. And then he says to Judea and Samaria, my nation, right? And then the last part he says to the ends of the earth. So what's the heart of God? The heart of God is that every person on the planet come to a faith in him. Receive salvation. That's why Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. So here's what we've established. We have a work to do. What's the work? Making disciples. Who's given us the strength and the power to do that work? The Holy Spirit. So do you see why it's so important that we study and, and learn about him? To be able to engage him in relationship, to be able to draw from the power and the strength and the ability that he offers us every single moment of every day. Is that good? And some of you, I get it. You've grown up in some, some places where the Holy Spirit was almost like they were scared to talk about him. That he's this weird, spooky thing. Can I tell you the Holy Spirit's not weird or spooky? Now, people are. Don't, don't be elbowing. He's not. Amen. So today, we're going to talk about the spiritual gifts and how important they are in our lives. But I want to start with this idea that 
The first gift is the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life. And here's how it's described in the, in the Bible, Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Here's what it says. For the wages of sin is what? Death. Wow. That's some really bad news, huh? But, I love the but. Anybody like that? But the gift, say gift. Gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so this first wonderful gift that God offers you is a gift of a salvation, the gift of eternal life. And then I like what Paul says over in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the, you notice what we keep seeing. What do we keep seeing? The word gift. So it's a gift of God. Watch verse 9. Not by works. Why? So that no one can boast. So here's the beauty of salvation. Can I let you in on something? You, you didn't earn it. You couldn't do enough good to earn it. You couldn't help enough old ladies across the street to earn it. You can't pray enough to earn it. You can't give enough to the church to earn it. This is all made possible by Christ's finished work on the cross. Yeah, you can give God praise for that. I hope you do. And here's the reason he did it this way. Because if it was about works or something you could do, guess what we do whenever we're, we think we're doing something great? What do we do? We get pretty high-minded, right? We, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm all that. And more, yeah. So he knew, he, knew the, he knew our heart. So when we receive salvation, we, make, we have an understanding. It's not because of anything we've done. It's because of what Christ did and his goodness. And so here's our boasting. Anybody know what the boasting is? We need to make much of a great God. We need to make much of a wonderful Savior, a person who has come to redeem you and I. That ought to get a hand clap this morning. This is the beauty of salvation. But aren't you glad it didn't stop there? That the moment you came to faith in Christ was just the beginning of this wonderful journey to know Jesus and know the Holy Spirit. And so I want to talk to you about the second gift, which is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, I realize that when we dive into some of this, that some of you, because of what you've been taught, you know, and there's this word that kind of weirds people out, the word charismatic. Anybody, what do you think of when you hear charismatic? Some people think about crazy people doing crazy things, right? But can I help you out just a minute? That's not what it is at all. It's all about you having a supernatural ability to get something done for God. And then, you, mentioned, you heard me mention it's supernatural. What did we say last week? The, the supernatural invades the natural. And when that happens, amazing things happen. Amen? In other words, you can do things that under your own power you couldn't do before because you've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. So the word charis, which is the word we get charismatic from, really means grace. Anybody ever know that? It's a supernatural grace or gifting, enablement to do something to make an impact in others. Because all of these gifts, can I let you in on something else? They're not about you. It feels good to experience them, right? But they're not about you. 
they're always about somebody else that God wants you to help. So let's read. I want to read to you starting in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. It says, Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you. Say it loud. The gift he promised. So the, pro the Father promised a gift. Now watch what this gift is. As I told you before, verse 5. John baptized with water. There's salvation. You see the picture of salvation, right? The baptism of John represents salvation, all right? And then what does he say? But in just a few days, you'll be baptized with what? The Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the one who baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's a beautiful thing to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And again, as I said, it's all wrapped up in what assignment God has for you to do while you're on this earth. And so here's what we do. We make it a point to share this gift with other people. I love this because when we share, we're always sharing a truth. And here's the truth. Jesus Christ came to save that which was lost. Because the Holy Spirit, Jesus said it. And when he comes, he's going to testify of me. So your empowerment through the Spirit, these gifts are all about people understanding who Jesus is. Are you glad for that this morning? Now... I love it, too, because these gifts are not only are they a supernatural gifting, but it's it's if you think of it in terms of the we talked about this a few weeks ago, the breath of God. Right. He that word spirit is the word pneuma in the New Testament, which means it's just simply means a breath. Right. Air taking in air. And so when we experience the breath of God, the, the, the spirit of God breathing on us, it comes to life. It breathes life into our gifting. There's a, there's a circle of, of belief in the, in the church. Now, when I say, when I talk about these, some of these things, I want you to understand, I'm not, I, I, I love my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, all right? But there are circles of people in Christianity who believe that the, the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit ceased with the early church, with the, with the last apostles there in the first century. And... We call, they, they call themselves cessationists. They believe those gifts, the miracles, tongues, all those things, the healings um, stopped with the early church. Now, the reason they, they believe that is because we have a full canon of Scripture. We have the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. How many know it's the inspired Word of God? And so that belief stems from that, okay, God's, God's speaking fully through His Word. And I understand that. But there are moments that God wants to speak, speak to us in, in a way that's personal to us. And it's and always, listen to your pastor, it always lines up with Scripture. Okay? And so these gifts, we believe as a church, have not ceased. We're, we, we call ourselves continuous, which means the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit have never ceased. And so here's what I'll declare to you. If there's one person who's been healed since the first century... God's still moving. Amen. 
If there's one person, if there's one miracle that we've seen, since then, God's still moving. Amen? I had a testimony this morning. It's so cool that, that I, I was talking to Bob Moore. He's one of, our, the, one of the, the early members of this church. And he was telling me out there today between services, he was, we were talking. He, so, he said, Pastor, you know what? 75 years ago, I had asthma. And the doctors, of course, it's, it's one of those things that you really don't have a cure for, right? Well, he said a guy came to the church prayed for him, laid hands on him, right, James 5, and prayed for him, and he was healed of asthma. Can we put our hands together for that? And to this day, listen, 75 years later, Bob doesn't struggle with asthma anymore. God's, can I tell you, God has not closed shop. The great physician has not closed shop. He still heals he still performs miracles. Amen? Folks, we don't have to be afraid of the spiritual gifts. Because everything God has for you, the Holy Spirit has for you, is good. Do you believe that? Why do I believe that? Because I know God is good. And so he's not going to offer anything to you that's going to do damage to you. And I, I understand it. I, here's what I believe. It's, 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 we've gotten the wrong packaging. We've seen people act, act weird and crazy, and it turns us off to what God has for us. And here's what we do. We miss out on the beauty of a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because, can I tell you, if there's a, rea if there's a real, genuine move of the Holy Spirit, there can be the counterfeit. Right? You've probably seen some of that. But here's my question. Does that mean that it's not real? No, here's what, here's what the instruction that we have that Paul gave us in 1 Thessalonians. And I, I know I'm skipping around a little bit, guys. If, you just, I, I'm here, I'm just, if you'll just put that 1 Thessalonians scripture up for me. Watch what it says. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. What does it say? Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but do what? Test them. So here's what we do. We don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We just learn to test the gifts and make sure that it's truly the Holy Spirit that's moving. Amen. That's wisdom. That's what the Holy Spirit brings us. The ability to test the gift and make sure that it is from him. Does that help anybody today? So I want to just declare to you today that the gifts are good. Here's what Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. He said, now concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. In other words, I don't want you to be in the dark about what I'm up to or how they operate or what, what they're for, okay? You don't have to be in the dark about what the gifts are all about. Amen? He wants to show you. And then we skip down to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, and here's what he says. A spiritual gift is given to each of us for what reason? To help each other. Does that sound spooky or weird to anybody? No, so here's, here's, here's the why of the gifting. Here's why the gifts exist. What's the purpose of the spiritual gifts? For me to help you and you to help others and all of us helping 
In what way? Well, there might be a moment where God gives you a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom and you encourage somebody through that word. They may be struggling with a situation in their life and God gives you what they need for that moment to hear a pneuma, right, a right now rhema word for that situation. Amen? I mean, if everybody operated in that. God can use you that way if you're open to the gift of the Holy Spirit. So what's the purpose? Common good. Here's, I love what he says in, in 1 Corinthians 14, 12, even more clarity. Even so, since you're zealous, anybody zealous for spiritual gifts? What does it mean to be zealous? There's a strong desire to operate in those giftings, right? And so when he says this, he says that you're zealous for the spiritual gifts. Let it be done for the edification of the church. So what does the word edification mean? Edify, what does that mean? Build up. So anytime there's a spiritual gift that's operated, it's always to build people up. Not to tear them down, not to make them feel bad. So let's take the gift of prophecy, for instance. The gift of prophecy is not meant to hurt somebody. It's meant to say, you know what? Well, Paul said it. It's for encouragement. Well, I watched this, this operate last night in this service with the students. I mean, Brooke experienced that. This, the pastor speaking into her life, bringing encouragement to her, strength to her. And you know what? She's glowing today. Why? Because the Holy Spirit used that gift to bless and to build up. You see the beauty of this? It's not weird. It's not spooky. It's just God wanting to show you how much he loves you and wants to build you up. What, what would it look like if the church operated that way all the time? What kind of church would we be? We would make, can we be grow church? Amen, that's good. Can I say this? I need you to lean into this one. If God uses you, the Holy Spirit uses you to operate in a gift, you need to walk in humility in the operation. What do I mean by that? Because again, what do we do? The Holy Spirit starts using us a little bit and we start, you know, and then we start thinking we're all that, right? When truthfully, it's him. The glory goes to him. And I'll say this. If you operate in the spiritual giftings, it's not necessarily a sign of spiritual maturity. Can I say that again? Just because you're operating in a spiritual gift doesn't mean you're spiritually mature. Because here's the reality. A saved person, anybody who's saved with the Holy Spirit on the inside of them, can, these gifts can operate through you. So you can be a 25-day-old Christian and the Holy Spirit use you. Doesn't mean you're spiritually mature. The problem is, again, we've seen this. We've seen people get puffed up in pride because the Holy Spirit was using them in a certain way. Doesn't mean you don't seek them. Just allow the Holy Spirit to work the fruit in you too. Right? Because the, the, the fruit is different than the gift. 
And I realize that humility is not one listed in Galatians 5 as a fruit, but it is. I promise you it is. Because in other passages, you see it. You see where the Holy Spirit brings about humility. And so if we're operating in these gifts, these gifts are operating through us, we need to do it in a spirit of humility. Can I say something else? If God gives you a prophecy for somebody else, be careful how you word that. It might be that you say, you know what? Here's what I sense God may be saying. If I miss it, don't receive it. But if you go, oh, well, God said, you know, we have to walk in humility of how we operate in these gifts. Amen. And so what I want to do is I want to show you in a couple other places where the Holy Spirit is really for today. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sin. What's that represent? Salvation. Remember, the gift of salvation. Now watch what he says. Then, everybody say then. Then you will receive what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. Now watch what he says. This promise is to you. He's talking to the people. That, what's the promise? The promise is the gift, right? The gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you, everybody that's under the sound of my voice right now. But then he says, to your children and to those who are far away, all who have been called by the Lord God. Anybody God's called you? If you're a Christian, guess what? You've been called. You may not be called to what I do, but you've been called. And so anybody, any far off, far away people in here, everybody should be raising your hand. Because you didn't live in the first century, right? And so what does he say? The promise of the Holy Spirit is not limited to just the first century church. No, it's for your children and your children's children and everybody else afar off. So here's what, I, here's what we say. It's for every era and every generation, the power and the gifting of the Holy Spirit. Amen? You see it? Okay. Here's how Chris Hodges, a pastor of Church of the Highlands, talks about. He says a spiritual gift is a supernatural ability that God gives to each of his children so that together, say together, together we can advance his purposes in this world. So I hope it's coming into focus and clarity for you, the why of the gift. It's for today, and it's for the purposes of God. And I want to get real practical right here, because here's what I believe. I believe we need to receive the gift, but we need to exercise the gifts. And I want to, I want to help you a little bit in that. So here's number one. Discover, discover these gifts. Discover the gifts God has for you. Romans 12, 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. You notice that what he says there? It's a grace gift. Have you ever realized that, that your gifting, your spiritual gift is connected to grace? It's a supernatural ability. It's, a, it's almost like it's easy for you, right? Because the Holy Spirit's empowering you. Can I give you an example? How many of you would love to trade places with me right now? Taylor, all right, you're preaching next week. 
Not everybody raised their hand. Why? Because just the thought for some of you of getting up here, you, I could, you just got started sweating just a little bit. Well, oh, Pastor, don't call on me to speak. Can I tell you that what I do, my ability to do what I do is not my own. It's the supernatural ability coming from the Spirit of God that enables me to preach to you. And, you know, used to, yeah, 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 give, God, give him the hand for that. Used to, I was a little bit nervous when I'd get up here. Now, I'm not nervous at all. Not for my own glory. No, he has empowered me. He has given me a grace gift to speak to you. Amen? To prophesy, to, to speak God's word to you. Now, some of you are gifted in other areas that I'm not. I don't want to work with the kids. I heard Chris Hodges say this one time. He said, if I had to work in the kids, we'd have duct tape and chairs. Now, of course, we're not going to resort to that. I promise you. Take a deep breath. So you see, but there, but there are people in this room, even now, right now, who are exercising their spiritual gift, taking care of your babies. Amen. They're in the nursery, wiping a butt. Can I tell you, that's one, some of the most glorious work in the church. And it's not, listen, it's not hard work to them. Why? They're graced for it. God has given them the ability to do it and not just babysit, but to speak into their lives, to the Holy Spirit using them to draw out the purpose of God in those babies. This is what this looks like, folks. And when you discover it, it sets you up. You guys know what I'm about to say. It sets you up for your purpose. Why? Because God created you for a purpose. Amen. And so this is what this is all about. is making a difference. That's why I love our growth track. Did I mention that earlier? Next week, 4 o'clock. This is where you dis we help you discover your purpose. We do the spiritual gifts inventory to help you define this is who I am. This is how God's wired me. And the beauty of this, as I said in the first service, it's almost like DNA. God has given you a spiritual DNA. Isn't that beautiful? That's how much he cares about you. That's how much he loves you, that he would give you your, your assortment of giftings. Amen? Not like anybody else on the planet. That's amazing. So what's, what's your responsibility? Discover it. Why, am, why has God put me here and what has he gifted me to do to make a difference in the body of Christ? That's why I celebrate our 1010 team too, amen? If those of you who don't know what our 1010 team is, some, people, some churches call it their dream team. We call it a 10 Tim team here. Here's the reason. Because when you discover your God-given purpose, your giftings, and you begin to operate in those, that is what full life looks like. We sing a song around here. This is what living looks like. When you walk in these giftings, when you discover these giftings, you develop. That's just point number two. When you develop those giftings, it's a John 10, 10 reality. You're living your fullest life possible. Why? Because you're walking in your gifting. 
Isn't that beautiful? Discover your gift. Develop your gift. Watch what it says. Let's read. I love this because we're talking about purpose. I love this in Psalm 139. David understood why God created him. And you can read this, these passages and understand that it wasn't just for David. He was, he was under the revelation and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, opening up a window into our purpose. Watch what he says. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I love this verse. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Can I tell you, God doesn't do anything halfway. You are created in the image of this wonderful God we serve. Watch what he says, verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days, watch this, ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. In other words, from the foundation of the world, God's had a plan for you. That's why I hate abortion. Because it robs a person who's created in the image of God of purpose on this earth. Amen. Discover your gift, develop your gift, and then lastly, use it. Amen? 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Follow the way of love and eagerly, what does it say? Desire gifts of the Spirit. In other words, it's not something that's, that I'm pushing away or repulsing. What is it? It's something that I'm seeking. I want to have in my life. Covet the gifts. I love what Paul says in 2 Timothy 1.6. What does he say? This, is, this I'll remind you to fan into flames. What? What are we fanning into flame? The spiritual gifts. The spiritual gift of God when he laid his... So here's, here's what I see. You know, you notice this little, there's a little ember, right? Just a small little ember. And that may be what, describe, how, what describes you right now. You're just an ember. What is it going to take for that to, to turn into a raging flame? What do you... Any, any people like to start fires? No, I'm not pyros in here. I'm not talking about pyros. <laughs> I'm not talking about playing with matches. I'm talking about... Oh, my goodness. Building a campfire. How many of you enjoy camping? What does it take to get the fire going? A little oxygen, right? That little ember in your heart, your spirit, that the Holy Spirit wants to breathe on. Remember we talked about the Holy Spirit being the breath of God? A little oxygen to the soul, to the spirit. What happens? For what reason? Did I mention to you that these gifts are not about you? They're about somebody else. 
And when you're on fire, people notice. Amen? So it really is about a stewardship of your gifting. It's about taking care of this gift that you have and using it. Again, you heard me talk about the different areas of, of ministry that you can engage in here at Grow Church. Nursery, kids, worship, media, connections. So many opportunities for you to exercise and use these giftings that God has given you. For what reason? Build up the church. I'll leave you with this. 1 Peter 4. Each of you should use whatever what? Spiritual gift you have received to do what? Serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So ultimately, the purposes of God is to fulfill the Great Commission. Right? For you to be a part of what he's doing in these last days. And as you're submitting yourself and receiving this gift of the Holy Spirit and you're letting the, the Holy Spirit breathe life into you and fan into flame this, these giftings, God will use you to make an impact. So this comes full circle. The whole reason we're, we're talking about the Holy Spirit in the first place is for you to understand the purpose and the call of God on your life and that He's commissioned you. He's commissioned the church to make a difference. So my question as I close this is, how can you use your gifts to help grow church? Or could I just say the big C church, right? Fulfill this mission he has us on. Thank you for tuning in to our online broadcast here at Grow Church. We hope that you've heard something today that will strengthen and encourage you throughout the week. Make sure you tune in next week for our next broadcast. God bless.